not all journalism, but I think really the most interesting and engaging journalism is, is about storytelling. And the Bible is full of stories. I think that God wants us to see all different kinds of people. He wants us to know all different kinds of stories. He wants us to show how he has interceded or intervened in the lives of people through these stories. there. Welcome to Graced Health, the podcast for women who want simple and grace-filled ways to take care of themselves. I'm Amy Connell. I'm a personal trainer and nutrition coach who wants you to know your eating, movement, and body don't have to be perfect. You just need to be able to do what you're called to do. Have you ever felt like you were sleepwalking through your faith? Or maybe it had become numb, or maybe just possibly rote, like you're just getting up and you're doing the same thing over and over without really thinking about it. My guest today, author and podcast host Yvette Walker, is here to discuss a season in her life when she was doing just that. And then she shares her experience of that season as well as what awakened her faith. She's now the host of the Positively Joy podcast and founder of Positively Joy Ministries. She published the life lesson filled devotional whispering in his ear and its companion study and discussion guide in 2021. She manages a Facebook community along with other social media related to her platform. Now that little clip that you heard at the beginning was a bit of a surprising twist because Yvette is a former journalist and she's also an educator and dean of students at Gaylord College at the University of Oklahoma. She's the chair of the Journalism Education Committee for the National Society of Professional Journalists. And then she's also been inducted into the Oklahoma Journalism Hall of Fame, which is super fun for me because one of my dearest, most cherished friends was also just inducted to that earlier this year. So it's really fun for me that I get to know to, what is it? O-J-H-O-F? I don't know. (laughs) Um, But you know, typically, I provide my guests with a framework for our discussion ahead of time. And what I do is I organize my thoughts, I want to be prepared, I I always do it with you in mind and what I think will be valuable to you and to me to be quite honest. And I always say, you know, this is a framework, I may follow a thread, but just so you get the gist of where we're taking the conversation. And this one took a little bit of a surprising turn, but I just really, really enjoyed it. We talked for a little bit about faith and objectivity in journalism. I mean, if that's even possible, and the responsibility of journalists, regardless of their faith. And then Yvette also gave us a super quick lesson in media literacy, which I am starting to learn more about and how she now balances her faith while educating up and coming journalists. Now, before I bring on Yvette, I'd like to remind you of the home base for my book, yourworthybody.com. So you can go here to purchase the audiobook. There's a link to go purchase the hard copy, the uh, ebook version, which is also just so you know, now on Kindle Unlimited. Um, and then you can, there's a place for you to enter your name and 
I will send you all kinds of little goodies to go along with it. So you'll get my family's favorite on the go breakfast, a printable 14 day health and body image devotional, a five minute wake up and warm up video just to get you ready for your day. It's super, super gentle and just is designed to help you greet your day in a joyful and a positively joyful full manner. We're going to talk about that here in a little bit. So you can just, they're all free. They're all in one place. Just go over to yourworthybody.com. There's no W's in front of, front of it uh, to get yours. Okay, let's bring on Yvette. Yvette Walker, welcome, welcome to the Graced Health Podcast. Thank you so much. I'm very happy to be here. I'm thrilled. I had so much fun talking with you on your show, Positively Joy, I, we were talking before we recorded. I think that was like a year and a half ago. I think it was like in, um, it was the end of 2020 because the first time we were supposed to record, I was actually on my little cabin in the woods retreat writing my book. And uh, you and I both yes. have that since then. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. Wow. Yes. I know that was a while. That was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you, I am kind of everywhere. Um, I am graced health. In fact, I say, Grace health so much that people think that my name is Grace, which my <laughs> name is Amy. <laughs> but you are positively joy. And I think you're smarter than I am because you've put your name associated with it. But I think positively joy um, is just a beautiful and it's a joyful word. But I'm wondering as if you could tell us some about yourself as it relates to positively joy. And that can be with your business stuff, your ministry stuff, or just in terms of Yvette Walker, the person. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you, you'd be surprised that a lot of people do think my name is Joy, even though it says, yes. <laughs> yeah, they, they do. but that's fine. That's fine. Well, so the the title came to me from God. I always make this joke. The, the the title came to me because I'm a former journalist and I I care about words and I care about grammar. And the phrase positively joy is grammatically incorrect. It should be positively joyful. I know this. So there's no way that I would have chosen that for me, right? I mean, it just wouldn't have been that way. So that's why I know it came from God. And I think as it relates to me, you know, I've I've always tried to be a positive person. I get that from my mother who has since passed on many years ago, but um, I was at home during the pandemic and I was very fortunate to be someone who could work from home. Uh, So I was at home. I had my computer. I'd always wanted to do a podcast and I thought it was going to be about what I like to call the intersection of politics, beauty, and hair. (laughs) <laughs> which is something that's very interesting and dear to me uh, and would make a good show. And the Lord said, no, it's going to be on joy. I didn't really know exactly what he wanted me to do. Um, I, I understood that joy is important and to find the joy in the Lord is important. But to be honest, it has been, it has been a path. I'm in, I'm in season three of the show right now and about to start season four And it's taken me certainly until season three to really try to figure out that what he was, what he wants people to understand is what his joy is, which is different than happiness or contentment or some kind of earthly satisfaction. And that actually, and once I figured that out, I'm like, oh, you know what? That's a lesson that I needed to learn because I'm always fighting with my weight. I'm always 
seemingly searching for something to satisfy me. I'm always, I'm not a thrill seeker, but I'm always like seeking the next interesting thing. And that's something I think, uh, and as a journalist, I've moved around a whole lot. And as journalists, you can either kind of stay in one place, like your whole career, or you can always be searching for that next job that moves you up the ladder, right? That was my life. So I felt like my whole life was searching for something more, 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 more. And what I didn't realize is that even though I've always been a believer, I was baptized as a baby, always went to church, I didn't know that there was something more and the more was him. Mm. So when he told me to start this podcast and on joy, it really was a lesson for me. It really was a path for me to walk as well, to understand that I don't really have to chase things because he's, he is there. All we need to do is open our hearts and say, come. And he is there for us. And he is the only joy, the only joy that will completely satisfy and fill us. You know, when you talk about God's joy, I'm wondering, have you ever put how would you define God's joy? I mean, that because especially to someone who maybe is new to the faith, um, maybe has been disillusioned by happiness, like you said, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and confuse that with joy. I, I was just having this conversation with my husband the other day. I mean, how I'm curious, just like, how would you define God's joy? Well, you know, people have said that in many ways, the Bible is a guidebook. Uh, so you can find it right in John chapter 15, uh, I think it's verses 9 through 11, underneath the vine and the branches part, which is what everyone goes to. Underneath that, he tells you exactly what it is. It is to abide in God's love and to, to do his will. So what I and I know it's taken me a while to figure it out myself. So it could be hard to describe to someone, oh, here it is. But once you understand, you know, once you get into the word, and even though I've been a believer, the way I was raised in church wasn't one to read the Bible all the time. I've read the Bible now, more now, more in the last three years than I've read my entire life. So to understand who he is, we have to we have to talk to him and listen to him. And a big part of listening to him is reading what he has already told us, right? So once you understand the sacrifice that that Jesus made for us, all the promises that the Father has made and how he how he has fulfilled them, you begin to understand that that we that you can trust him and that when he tells us to do something, you do it. And that really is satisfying in a way that you can't get from food or alcohol or cigarettes or whatever else you want to do. It's hard to explain until you go through it. So I would just say to someone, if you feel like you've been searching something for, for something for a long time and nothing seems to satisfy you, then you might want to start looking inward and reading scripture to see how he is speaking to you. I've got a lot of light bulbs going off as you're, (laughs) as you're talking. And you know, when you talk about abiding in him and obeying him, I, 
I am in one of the most fulfilling times or seasons of my life. Um, Amen. Praise him for that. Pray and, and, and glory to God, right? Because I did not want to be here. And he told me for years to start blogging and I stuck my fingers in my ears and I said, no, I'm not listening. God, you are wrong. <laughs> and, you know, part of my story is he, he really kind of unsettled me so much that I, I, he left me no choice but to turn to him and to start mm-hmm. o- abiding in him and obeying him. And, you know, and that's not to say that other seasons have not been fulfilling, but I'm so confident in where I am right now. But that's only because I said no. And I was so um, obtuse. Is that the right word? You're the journalist. You're the person with with, with your words. But yeah. I, I, I just, I was like, no, I'm not doing this. And then when I finally said, okay, mm-hmm. that's when things started turning around. And that doesn't mean that everything has just been easy. And I'm, I don't, you know, it doesn't mean I don't get frustrated, but, I, but I'm joyful because I know I'm doing what God wants me to do right now. I don't mm-hmm. know if he'll want me doing this 10 years from now. He might, he might not, but yeah. right now I feel very, so that's, I, I, you, you've just got light bulbs going all off in my, in my head. Now, one of the things that as I um, have you know, you and I have connected over on your podcast and, and we are, you know, loosely connected on the socials. Um, you talk about some about sleepwalking through life mm-hmm. and that can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. So I was wondering if you could unpack that some, because I think it's really easy for people to glean onto the joy and the positivity, forgetting that it's when we are, we do go through those moments that can sometimes result in when we obey, you know, the joy. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but, but I would love to hear some, what you mean by sleepwalking through life. Oh yeah. Well, and you are right. The breakthroughs, really any breakthrough tends to happen after you've been working really hard at something or, or you have failed and you keep working at it and then you have a breakthrough, right? I mean, that's how breakthroughs work. Often we, we have to get down and I'm not even saying getting down to our necessarily lowest, but we have to realize, we have to be smart about it and say, okay, something's not working. So let's see what we're going to do. What I mean by sleepwalking through life is, um, so my testimony, I always say this, my testimony is is not unique. I think that so many people out there are experiencing it, but they don't know that they are. My testimony is not one of coming back from a terrible accident or a death in the family or even worse. It's, it's something so simple, but I just think so many people need to hear it because they don't even understand they're going through it because I didn't. So I was, um, I'm married to a wonderful man, godly man. Now my first husband, however, didn't go to church and also suffered from bipolar disorder. And so, and his bipolar disorder was not manic. It was depressive. So he, he slept a lot and um, we didn't do a lot of things, you know? So I was talking to, I had kind of reconnected with a, a childhood friend of mine and we started talking and she said, uh, Eva, I need to ask you something. And I said, what? And she said, um, are you depressed? You sound depressed. And I said, no, no, not at all. Well, what I think that she was gleaning on was, was I was in a depressive situation Along with that, I was believing going to church, but I was just also what I call numb. 
in my faith. There were no highs. There were no lows. I believed. I went to church. I took communion. It was, it was fine, but it was just like, you know how you see a heartbeat and you see the lines go up and down. Mine was just flat line. Now I'm not saying that it was bad because I, I believed in God, but I didn't understand that it could be like even better. You know, it could be like so much richer and deeper. And it took me a long time to experience that. You know, my marriage didn't survive the struggles, the challenges that we had. And I think, I think I didn't lean on him enough. I didn't lean on the Lord enough in that time. I just, I just was sleepwalking through life and sleepwalking through my faith. Everything was, you know, it was okay. It wasn't great, but it was okay. Right. I didn't think there was anything wrong with that. And you could say, well, maybe there's nothing wrong with that, but you're missing out on something. And I came to know later after, after the marriage broke up, after I, started chasing the next relationship because, you know, that expression, the marrying man, well, I'm a marrying kind of woman. I I don't like to be alone. So after I'm chasing the next relationship and that's not working out, and then I chased one more relationship that hurt me deeply because it didn't work out. And then I just, one night was listening to K-Love, couldn't sleep, crying, upset, because I thought that I would, I would always be alone. And that just made me so sad. And and then I heard a song. It was Matthew West's song, More, where he sings that, you know, the Lord is speaking, right? He's singing and the Lord is saying, I love you more than the sky and the stars and all of this. And through that song, I realized that I wasn't afraid of being alone. I was afraid that I would never be loved again. But yet the Lord was telling me right then that he loved me. So at that point, I started chasing everything. I stopped rather. I stopped chasing everything and started chasing him. And so I said, okay, Lord, no more dating. We're going to, we're just going to stop it. I'm just going to spend some time with you, try to figure out what that is. That lasted for about a couple years, maybe until I felt he tell, he was telling me, okay, it's time for you. You can meet somebody now. And then the third person that I dated ended up being my husband. Um, I knew from date number two, that he was the one took took him a few a few months to figure it out maybe <laughs> maybe a year it took him a year to figure it out um, but I knew I knew immediately that that was the person that God had for me so I guess I'm just saying that once I recognized that all you know the marriage failed I was chasing things it wasn't working out and there had to be a reason why it wasn't working out and it was because I was chasing the wrong thing. But it still took some time, even after I figured that out. So that was 2015 when I had this, you know, kind of um, a wake, wake, you know, wake up call. It took me until 2019. So I'm still kind of figuring things out. And I was at my church's a women's night, saw a wonderful speaker, Rita Springer. She's a musician and a songwriter. Uh, she has a um, a retreat, and I just something was telling me. I need to know more about her. I need, oh, should I go to this retreat? I bought, she had a book. I bought her book. I mean, I was, I had a girl crush. And then uh, this retreat was for creatives, but there were a lot of worship leaders going on. So anyway, I apply and she accepts me. And then I spend the next couple of months trying to talk her out of it. 
don't think you really want <laughs> are you me. Sure? Are, you sh- are you sure you want me? I mean, not really. This is true. And finally she emailed me. She's like, Yvette, God told me you're supposed to be here. So I go and I had a breakthrough there. I had a breakthrough um, because another part of my testimony is I thought God had stopped talking to me. When I was a little girl in church, I felt like I could hear him very clearly. And then I grew up and got distracted by the world and all of that. And I couldn't hear him anymore. And I thought he stopped talking to me. And um, I had a breakthrough at that retreat where he began to talk to me again. And so I began to explore why is this happening and what can I learn from this? And then I, then I really jumped in the word, started reading um, scripture, trying to, um, to learn more about him and his love and promises and how he's, he's, he's everything for us. And this is this, so I've been on this kind of a path. And so before, I think before, certainly before the marriage broke up, but even after that, I was just knew, I knew he was there, but I didn't know how rich it could be. And how, and, and this next season, actually, in the podcast, I'm really wanting to explore that where we can talk about, no, we're talking about being with God every day. We're talking about being open to his prompting every day. We're talking about listening to him in the car. Oh, should I, should I make a left here? Okay. I mean, I know it sounds ridiculous, but talking about really trying to be open to, to his, to his prompting and to listen to what he has to say to us. I think a lot of us can relate to feeling like God has stopped talking to us. Mm-hmm. And I'm just I'm just speculating here. So please, please, please tell me if I'm totally off base. But I know for me, my this is how it is for me. I don't ever I know God doesn't stop talking to me, but sometimes I stop listening. Absolutely. And I stop giving him the space and the quiet for me to hear him. And I'm just wondering if that retreat that you're talking Mm -hmm. about with Rita Springer, you know, if it was such a breakthrough because you are creative and because you were able to tap into those uh, gifts that God gave you, which allowed you to just pause enough with all of the other noise and chatter to actually hear him. You are 100%. No, no, no. You are 100% correct. I heard him during a listening exercise. There you go. Oh, okay. It actually happened during a listening exercise. And then the other thing about it is it was for creatives, but many of those creatives were worship leaders and singers and musicians, which I'm not. But there there was songwriting workshops there. I left that retreat writing songs. I've never written songs before. And so while, I mean, I, you know, I haven't had anything recorded, but I've been doing some co-writing with people. I've actually worked with some people who are musical and we've written songs together. And, um, I mean, it's really great because when the songs come, they come from him. I have, I have no power over that. It's nothing that I, I've yeah. never done that before. I wasn't even really one to write a lot of poetry. Some people like to do that. I never really even did that. So when these these images, imagery, word imagery, and thoughts started coming, came I mean, just flooding out came directly from him. And as I said, I have put you know put some of that to music, uh, working with other people's. Well, I thought that was a really cool. I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but in your in your devotional, whispering in in his ear, mm-hmm. you actually. I mean, you 
had some QR codes, which I, or some links, um, mm-hmm. cause I read it on my Kindle to take you to, uh, take the reader to some places to listen to some of the songs that you wrote, which I thought was super cool. And I kind of did some, some things in that, in my book as well with taking the reader to give them some more resources. So yeah, that was, um, I love that you were able to integrate that creative aspect with this, this new way of worshiping and glorifying God with songwriting into this devotional. So let's, let's go ahead and just jump into that if you don't mind. So the book is called whispering in his ear. Mm -hmm. So when I first say, I'm like, okay, whispering in his ear. But then I was like, wait a minute, do I whisper in God's ear? Or does he whisper in mine? And so I would love for you to tell me the meaning um, behind that name and then what you hope um, people or what, what, what the reader can expect from getting it. Mm-hmm. So, so you're right. I very much take these things from inspiration. I mean, I really can't say that I write these titles, they just come to me. And I'm like, okay, I don't know where it came from, but okay. So you're right on the surface. And I even thought about that myself. I said, maybe I should have titled this, you know, whispering in my ear. Maybe I should have done that. Right. I think on the surface that what we see, that's what we see. But I, but I've been thinking about this and I, and I think when you go deeper, if you do allow yourself that quiet space, if you do allow yourself that time just with the Lord, then you too are whispering in his ear. And I think he delights in that. I mean, I just think, you know, and, and, I, and I'm not saying that I, that I hear necessarily audible sentences, although I think I have had that before. Uh, people hear from him differently in different ways. Um, I think for me, it's more imagery and I'll get, I'll get thoughts and I'll get, certainly I do get words when I'm writing the songs. I mean, absolutely. Um, but I think that we have to be, we do have to be in a quiet place. We do have to push out all the distractions, turn off everything. And when we do that, we get quiet too, don't we? Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, we're whispering to him just like he's whispering to us. The other thing too, that as I'm, as I think about this, you know, I take myself back to my, my eight-year-old self, right? And when you're sitting in class and you're whispering a secret, you know, to Mm -hmm. your, to your friend. So you're whispering something that maybe you don't trust anyone else with and you, Mm -hmm. but you trust them and you want them to know about it because you know that they will hold the little secret that you like, like Johnny or whatever it is, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, or that you stole a Starburst from the teacher. I mean, what, you know, yeah, yeah. um, but, but you know that they will treat that with, um, with the trust that it needs and, mm-hmm. and that they will honor that, you know, peace. And so I don't know you, again, you've got my wheel spinning with all of that because I, I think that well, there that, definitely I, are things that we whisper yeah. to God that we don't want anyone else to know. No, that's true. That is true. And then also I think sometimes being quiet or whispering can can um can you know a solemn a solemn time because yeah. I spent I grew up grew up Catholic. I went to Catholic school. I was in the church a lot and the church was a real place of solace for me. Um when I began to, you know, when I left college, when I graduated from college and started you know, doing internships and stuff, I'd be in these cities where I didn't know anybody and I would find a church. And what are you supposed to be in church? You're supposed to be quiet in church. So I would sit there 
on the wooden pews and I would hear the, these little, it was very echoey because you have tile floor and things like that in these, in these churches. You know, I think as a little girl, I probably actually was whispering because as children, sometimes we talk out loud, you know? So I think, so I hadn't really thought about, I love, I love that uh, idea that you just brought. I think for me, I was thinking probably more finding finding that quiet place for ourselves to be able to hear him. And it did take me back to being a little girl in church where I spent so much time in, in talking to him and in, in whispering. Yeah. But I know, but I, I love how that came to you. No, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I love it. Well, hey, and, I borrow know, look, that? This is, of course you can absolutely. However, this is the beauty of God, yes. right? Like he will, you and I can see two different paintings. We can see two different, I mean, and, and interpret them totally different because of how, because God knows what we need and he, and, and he will speak to us in different ways. Yes. So that, I don't know. That's just, that's, that's just what came to mind. But you know, you talk about being in church and being a little girl and being quiet and being whispering. I'm curious how, and so let's take you not necessarily to nine-year-old Yvette, mm-hmm. but maybe, um, you know, 10 years ago, Yvette, how does um, present event, uh, Yvette, excuse me, today <laughs> approach um, your day differently, approach your faith differently, uh, your relationships differently than 10 years ago? So let's even go back a little further. Let's say 20, uh, because sure. 20 years ago, I was just in the height of my journalism career as a journalist and especially someone that had maybe not 20, maybe 15, (laughs) Um, as someone who had responsibility for content that goes on the front page, let's just say. Uh, As a journalist, I felt that I could not discuss my faith openly because Mm -hmm. I felt Mm -hmm. that if I'm making decisions on what's running on the front page or anywhere in the paper, we're supposed to be objective journalists. I need to take myself out of it I can't, I can't be seen as having an agenda. So I did not discuss my faith openly. That's three, that's like 180 degrees now, obviously. I'm, I'm speaking about it very openly. I'm, I'm podcasting about it. I'm blogging about it. I'm on social media about it. Before, I never would have done that. I never felt like I could do that. But in 2006, so, so just before 2006, I was still kind of in the height of journalism. I came to Oklahoma in 2006, still in journalism, but Oklahoma, which some may derisively say, that's the buckle of the Bible belt, you know, for me, I saw journalists for the first time being very open about their faith. Uh, I, so I first, I got here, I was new to the newspaper I was, I had, I had, you know, uh, rented a house, but I was still trying to find a church. So I, I go to a church that's near the house that I just rented. I'm still new at work. I get to the church and I see in the bulletin that the sermon is going to be given by someone with the same name as my colleague. And I'm like, oh, wow, that name must be really common here. Never would I thought that a journalist would be giving a sermon at church, a journalist that had responsibility for front page content. I never would have thought that. And so when he walks up, 
to to Priscilla. What? I'm like, he's like, he like looking at me, waving. I'm like, my mouth just fell open. <laughs> and that and that was, I think, I think that was a moment when God said, "Okay, see, we're going to do things differently here." Yeah, we're going to do things a little differently here, Yvette. Wow. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that must have just totally thrown you off your rocker. Yeah, I can Very only much imagine. So. I'm curious. So, this whole concept of faith in journalism, but in objective journalism. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I don't know what, I don't know what paper, I mean, I'm assuming you're working for a paper. I don't know. Like, I don't know where you're working. And I don't, you know, but I do know, like, I have a friend who is a journalist mm-hmm. and more than anything, it is important to her for the facts to be shown. Right. And that, and that it is very objective and that it is, it is not one-sided and that you're not leaning. And I mean, she's taught me a lot about, about how to interpret headlines and, and all, I mean, she's the media literacy that she has taught me has been really invaluable, especially in the last few years. Yes. Is it possible to, share your faith and discussing your faith and have objective journalism in the climate without assumptions being made one way or the other. So you are, you are bringing up something that I have thought about for, for a while. And I don't know the answer. Why is there a Christian right? And there's not a Christian left because there are many liberal Christians who love God and and I don't I'm I definitely am not going to get all politicky, but why is there this assumption that there's this way? Yeah. So, you know, I, I've really been thinking about that. I'm like, you know, why, you know, why we're we not seeing that? And I don't know the answer to it. I do believe that, and I teach my students this, we can strive to be objective. We should try to get as many sides of the story as possible. But we're never going to be completely objective because we are human and God didn't make us that way. Uh, we have we have yeah. opinions. We have agendas. We have points of view. When we're presenting the news, we need to try to make sure that we get as many of those opinions into our story. And mm-hmm. we need to write it in such a way that we are reflecting as many different sides of the story as we can find. I guess the question is, can you ever be truly objective? I'm going to say, just from my experience, I'm going to say no, but you try your best. You try your best. That's great. So, but the problem is when other people look at you and they may perceive you to be unfair or, or unbiased, knowing that you feel a certain way. So for example, I will, I would never, and still would never talk about my voting preferences. Um, as a journalist, you just, you would never do that. You just don't do that. You yeah. just don't do that. So like, like that, I felt the same way. Well, I'm not going to talk about my faith preferences because people are going to think, well, for me now, and I am older and maybe, maybe a little wiser, or maybe I don't just, maybe I don't care as much. I don't know. But making sure that my soul is saved is, is more important than <laughs> Than me caring, <laughs> than me caring what somebody thinks about me, and, may, and maybe that's it. But we teach, I teach media now, so when I talk about news of the day, we talk about it from lots of different sides. Um, I don't get political in class because that's 
I'm, it's not a political science class. That's not what I'm teaching. I teach media literacy. So I'm so glad that you brought that up. Um, we talk about, you know, I, I teach the five steps of media literacy process. I teach description, analysis, interpretation, evaluation, and engagement. And we, I mean, I talk about that so much, it's running out of their ears. And we need to, we need to understand, we need to understand points of view that are not ours. You know, I tell mm-hmm. students that, you know, maybe, maybe not on, you know, whatever your chosen social media feed, that's like your real personal one, but on Twitter, follow everybody on, yeah. on Instagram or wherever you, you know, maybe, maybe the one that's not your personal, personal one, follow everybody. We need to know what lots of different, as, as media professionals, we need to know what people think. We need to know what people care about, even if they don't agree with our own values. So I talk about that today, you know, in class. Yeah. And I would, I would add to that. I think the same argument could be made as Christians, like as people who are followers of Jesus Christ, we are not going to have all of the same, um, political, um, uh, you know, identifications. I don't know if that's the right word. Right. We, we may or may not have the same ideology. I mean, there's a lot of different ways of expressing our Christian faith. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think it's important to listen to our brothers and sisters and to their experiences and to how they came up with what they're thinking of. And, and we go to the Bible and we, we listen to God but, you know, I, I think, too, just having an open mind as to what our other, you know, brothers and sisters in Christ are saying is important because it helps give us a, a wider understanding of experiences that are not our own, but are still true experiences. I agree. I that makes sense. Look at the Bible. The Bible is full of stories. The Bible is yeah. full of stories of people who have sometimes failed, who have come to know him, who have, have, you know, listened to him. Sometimes people don't listen to him, but they're all stories. Stories, storytelling is a big part of not all journalism, but I think really the most interesting and engaging journalism is, is about storytelling. And the Bible is full of stories. I think that God wants us to see all different kinds of people. He wants us to know all different kinds of stories. He wants us to show how he has interceded or intervened in the lives of people through these stories. So I think when we think about it that way, we sh- yeah, we should be able to tell a lot of different interesting stories in journalism. And I have I'm a, I have a very good friend of a woman who is uh, a faith editor. And it's interesting because she certainly has her own faith and she's a woman of faith, but she's able to talk to so many different kinds of other people of faith to write their stories. And you know what? They love her. They all think that she's doing a great job and that she's fair and unbiased. And yet I know she's a very strong woman of faith. So yeah. I think it can you can do it. But I think before the way I was doing it was I was really closing off. God, because I just felt like I had to be this professional, you know, woman that didn't have any kind of opinion about anything because I had to be so perfect. And I I don't do that anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Because God woke you up. Yes, he did. (laughs) 
Oh gosh. Well, thank you for sharing all of that. That's fascinating to me. You know, I really, um, I'm just curious right now about a lot of things and I actually am just coming off a weekend with my, my journalism friend. So all of that was just kind of front and center. So thank you for talking about that. I know that was none of what I had kind of prepped you for. So thanks for being open to having that conversation. No, you're good. (laughs) I want to circle back some to the whole sleepwalking concept, because again, I feel like this has happened with me. Mm -hmm. I know it has. I I think this can happen with a lot of us and it's scary and it is, it, it can almost make you question your own faith, right? Mm-hmm. Like, gosh, I'm just not a, as on fire for God as I used to be, or, or I'm just dragging myself to church, or I'm not net interested in, in reading the Bible or, I mean, what, or, or I'm just going to do the bare minimum to say I got my quiet time in. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a scary place to be. So I'm curious, Yvette, what kind of encouragement would you give to the the woman who feels like she is in that sleepwalking state right now. So I think it's important to surround yourself with people who know God and love him. Um, at my church, I volunteer at the next steps desk and we have steps to, to, you know, uh, really deepen your, your, your faith. And so the first step, of course, is follow Jesus. But the very next step is, um, if I I'm, don't think I'm getting them out of order, join a small group. So, so, um, and I, and that's, and that's what I had not done. So in the middle of this numbness or sleepwalking, I definitely, I was not in a small group. I was not in any kind of group of like-minded, equipped souls. And I think. Many places in the Bible, God tells us, I mean, I think we always go back to Proverbs, iron sharpens iron, but there's so many places in the Bible where he wants us to be with other people who are like-minded and who can, and who can encourage each other, you know? So certainly part of my online ministry is, is that is to encourage and to challenge and things like that, but we've got to be around people. And I know that was tough during COVID. But I would even say virtually, like I, you know, we, you know, like this, you know, this is the first time we met. Certainly um, we had never been around each other, you know, but this isn't bad. I mean, it's not perfect, but I can see you and we can laugh together. And um, so there were, you know, small groups went online and, you know, volunteering looked different, but we need to surround ourselves with people who I think can encourage us and can break us out of it to some degree. And we can, and then we can talk about it and we can share, Oh, you feel like that. I thought I was the only person who felt like that. So Mm -hmm. that's, I think that's a big part of it. So when I, when I met my husband, the husband who didn't know I was, he was going to be my husband, but I knew one thing that he began to encourage me to do is to pray out loud. I was very uncomfortable I mean, I may have whispered to him in the church a little bit, but we just didn't pray out loud. And uh, even other churches after that, I just had not gotten into that. And so he was very encouraging. Like we would sit down to, to dinner and I always wanted him to do grace and we'd be sitting there holding hands and he'd just be squeezing my hand. Uh, okay, you want me to say grace? And so, and I'm, now I'm very comfortable praying out loud, but it, it took a while. And so that's one of the many things that he's brought to our relationship and and to my life, just that encouragement of taking a bold step and praying out loud. 
I mean, if he hadn't done that, I would not be doing that to this day. So um, if you're fortunate to have a man like that, take advantage of it. But I mean, you know, surround yourself with, with people that can yeah, encourage you and can take you to. Yeah. Yeah. Small piece. groups. Um, I, I completely agree. You just can't, you, they are so valuable and they offer so much. And it's funny. Our, uh, we have small groups, you know, a, a couple times a year, the church will really do a push to at the beginning of the, basically at the beginning of each semester mm-hmm. to try and really push people into getting it. And our pastor is so uh, gracious in saying, and you're not going to make them all. That's okay. Yeah. Like just, just show up for the ones that you can show up for. And it just takes, it relieves that pressure of like, Oh gosh, I just don't know that I can make it every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Like this is just a lot, you know, but, but having the leadership say, it's okay if you don't make them all, just make the most of them and make the ones that you can show up to. And it starts it. And then, and then it might be that you even like start prioritizing it or you, yeah. or maybe your small group out. Maybe you're going to lead one at one point. Exactly. Yeah. I will say this. When I go back, when I go back and think about those dark times, I was very isolated. I was working and coming home to a difficult marriage situation and I wasn't doing much more than that, you know, and sometimes I couldn't wait to leave home. And that's really a sad thing to say because work was better than home. Right. So I was, I I can look back now and I could see that I was very isolated and I wasn't really taking advantage of being around people who could support me probably because, you know, having a failing marriage is a secret, isn't it? You know, you don't, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to talk about that. And maybe you're afraid if you're going to be around people, they might say, Oh, tell me what your husband does, blah, blah, blah. You know? So Uh, that can, that can be difficult. It can be difficult, but, um, but know that isolation is not the answer. And I can see very clearly now that I was very isolated at that time. Well, it, you are definitely not isolated now. You are filled with a wonderful community. Absolutely. <laughs> and I know you are pouring life into them and they are going, um, they are doing the same thing. So real quickly, we've, we've talked some about whispering in his ear, but as we wrap up, I, Yvette, I would love for you to tell people um, about whispering in his ear, where they can get it, and then how they can connect with you and particularly with your Uh, Facebook community and your podcast. Absolutely. So you can certainly get whispering in his ear at Amazon. It is a devotional. Uh, I say it's a 15 day, uh, rather it's a a month long devotional because what I want you to do, there's 15 devotions in it. There's prayers and exercises. So what I want people to do is to read the devotional, spend a day thinking about it, pray, do the, and then do the exercise the next day. So it becomes a month long devotional. And basically uh, these are life lessons, things that I've learned over, over my life, messages that he's shared with me. I mean, I guess it's all important, but from uh, maybe, maybe more major things such as just my own history and how I, I came to that strong realization that I was sleepwalking. I was, I was numb and how I needed to, how I needed to wake up and, and reflecting on how it had been when I was younger and things like that, but all the way to talking about small groups and volunteering. Um, I have a devotion about the fact that I, you know, I was our, some of, sometimes our small groups and volunteer opportunities are connected and how after a time I was no longer 
fulfilled in this service. And that brought shame. Like how, how dare I, I'm doing this service for God and, and I'm, I'm no longer fulfilled. And in fact, I'm getting resentful. What's going on and learning and letting him talk to me and learning, you know, what was going on there to being at home in the middle of COVID and listening to the birds and realizing that they are talking and what, what that meant to me all the way to the importance of rest, especially we just go in this crazy, crazy world. And, and sometimes it's hard to turn off our brains. I talk about that all the way to being in the car, going somewhere and God re like, like navigation, he redirects my day because he wanted me to do something. I mean, all of these things, I remember that one. all of these things. <laughs> um, so basically there, and, and I bet that you have those little moments mm-hmm. in your life too. And just yes. understanding in many, in many cases, I, I say in all the cases, it's him kind of tapping you on the shoulder and saying, you know, we need to talk about this or we need to do something. And as I said, there's a prayer with each day and an exercise to do. And so it's available on Amazon. I hope it blesses you. Um, I've heard from, I've heard from many people that it does and I hope it blesses you. Yes. And you can, it was, it was, it is great. It is great. Uh, Yeah. I mean, just the words that I started writing as you were writing, you know, I felt like it was a really honest it's an honest devotion, you know, very, very true. And then, and I, I wish I could remember the scripture, but you know, whatever is praiseworthy, um, admirable. And, oh, no, I can't remember all of them, but like, that's what comes to mind. Like it was, it, it was, it's very praise giving toward God, but at the same time, very, yeah. I mean, like it, it, there's some harder things that you share in there. And, and I appreciate that as a reader, because I think that sometimes, we read things that are that kind of gloss over the hard things. And, um, and I love that you were able to cover it all in joy and cover it all in God's goodness, but still say, yeah, there were, there were some things on there that were kind of hard. So well done with that. Well, Well, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you. And yeah, I definitely have a Facebook community called the positively joy community on Facebook. Um, I'm also, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on you know, LinkedIn, I'm on, I, I, I'm on TikTok, but I'm not very active <laughs> because I I just, I'm not very good with, you know, creating these little cute videos of myself. And of course the podcast is available everywhere that you listen to podcasts. And also you can listen to it at my website, positivelyjoy.com. And I have a free resource there that talks about how to choose joy and how to create that, that space, both physically, and I think also spiritually to be able to hear him. And so that's free and you can get that on the front page. I also have um, a book club. So I actually have a small group that's a book club, but I've created an online book club with some books that we're reading this year. And uh, you can take a look at that. Um, So yeah, definitely. Um, I'd love to encourage you. Well, and so, okay. So the resource, um, just go to positivelyjoy.com and yes. you, you can find it there. And we will put that in the show notes, but sometimes people hear it and make a mental note and, and, and they can actually remember to go do it. Whereas I can't. So uh, yes. yeah, head everything, all Yvette Walker at positivelyjoy.com. Okay. So I have, um, two questions that I ask all of my guests and uh, they are nothing alike. The first one is I love learning about tattoos because I have 
discovered that often people who choose to put something on their body for the rest of their lives have a, uh, a meaning behind it. And so I was wondering if you have any tattoos, if you would mind sharing what it is and the meaning behind it. And if you don't, if you had to get one, what would it be and where would it go? So I do not have any tattoos, but my niece does. She has a lot of tattoos and she keeps wanting me to get one. And I always tell her my darker skin just doesn't reflect the pretty pictures as well, right? So I just never okay. thought, why would I get one? Because you really can't, I mean, and there are plenty of dark, darker skinned people who have tattoos, but for me, it just didn't make any sense. But if I were to have one, I have a shirt that kind of spells out my maternal ancestors, so it starts with as far as I could go back, as far as I could figure out, and then it ends with me. So, so at the bottom, it's me. And then there's my mother, Virginia. Then there's my grandmother, Natherine. And then it goes up. And so if I were to get a tattoo, I would probably have a list of my maternal ancestors. Oh, how honoring. I love that. That's great. That's great. That's what I would do. Where would you put it? That's a good question. I do not know. <laughs> That's a lot of names. Because I would, well, let's probably, let's say seven, you know, okay. uh, I, I would, I would want to be able to see it. So I would probably maybe have it on the inside of my arm. Maybe. I don't know. I never really thought about it. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, you don't have to do it. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> no, and I'm not, and I'm not going to get a tattoo, but that's what I would do. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of names. That's a really big commitment if you're going to do that. <laughs> Okay. And then finally, do you have a meaningful Bible verse that you would like to share with us? So I have a personal one, but then I have one that's the signature scripture for the show. And we talked about it a little bit, John 15, that talks about basically it's the instructions, how to find joy. It's right there. It's not rocket science. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, abide, you know, abide in him. Um follow his, you know, uh, follow his, and of course I'm paraphrasing, follow his desires and then you will be filled with joy and you'll be filled with the joy that will complete you and make you full. So, but the personal one that I've had for a long time is Psalm 46, 10, be still and know. And that's because I do have the kind of brain that's hard to turn off. Like at night, I'm trying to go to sleep and I, sometimes I have to listen to Bible stories at night, like on pray.com, the app, or something like that. Um, or um, Lectio 365 is another one that I'll listen to. Because I'm just thinking about things I have to do the next day or the Netflix show I just saw. I mean, it's just, you know, my brain's hard to turn oh, off. Yeah. And, and because of that, it's hard to find us quiet time. So yeah. the, the idea of just to being still and to be with him and to let his spirit come over you is something that I still work at today. I mean, I, you know, I, it's not like um, I'm perfect or I have everything down. I still struggle with it. I still work at it, but I know that it's, it's the solution. I totally agree. It, it has so much more value than I think we give it credit for sometimes. And I know for me, I just feel so filled when I am still and yet I have a really hard time prioritizing that. So I, I love that you have that kind of as a personal verse. 
Yvette, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for all of my off script questions and and talking about uh, you know media and journalism and and all of that. I think that was just fascinating, and I think my my community will really appreciate um, that transparency as well with it. So thank you very much, and everybody, go out, grab whispering in his ear, go listen to the Positively Joy podcast, and get connected with Yvette because she is positively joyful. Thank you so much, Amy. I mentioned this at the very beginning when I was introducing Yvette, but one thing we didn't bring up in our conversation is the companion book to uh, Whispering in His Ear, which is a book of poems called Lyrics from My Faith. And you can certainly go over to Amazon and get that as well. And also, those are both on Kindle Unlimited. So you can just go over to KU and grab it and uh, have both of those right on your Kindle. Super, super simple. You know, love, I love that. If you don't already get them, I invite you to sign up for my monthly journals. This is a subscriber only space for me to share things I love. And I think you will too. Last month, I shared the uh, the top that I have been wearing from Target all the time. And I have gotten a lot of feedback that everyone is super excited to get not everyone, but a lot of people are grabbing those and interested in it as well. Um, since it's subscriber only, I get to be uh, snarky and sassy and serious and share pictures and experiences that I don't always put out there on the internet. You can't go find this anywhere. It's only in your inbox. Um, And then also, just as a side note, if you do get these already, I just want to thank you for your grace when in this past months. I I tend to um, create these sometimes not all in one sitting. And I had put in the subject line draft may in all caps, and then I forgot to change the subject line. So a lot of you received an email in your inbox with draft may, which was probably pretty confusing. But as my friend said, humanity, uh, amen to that. Amen to that. Each episode, I try to leave you with one simple thing to remember because we go over a lot. Many of us go through seasons in our faith. I know I have, and there are times I go to God in such lament and confusion, and the only thing I know is Jesus. Like, just the answer is Jesus, even if I don't have the full answer. Yvette's story of sleepwalking and becoming numb is not uncommon, and if you find you are numb or stagnant, you're not alone. You're not alone. Be still. Look to Jesus and find your peace in him. Okay, that is all for today. Go out there and have a graced day.